Good morning. Good morning. Bright and shiny morning this morning. Looks good, feels good, and it's good to see so many people out this morning. Birds are shining and the sun's a singing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you say so, Mitch. We uh, have a few announcements this morning. May have more before we're through. Six-man quartet will practice again this morning right after church. Uh, saw the light uh, display last night. Looks good. Really looks good. And uh, you guys have done yourselves proud, every, everybody that worked on it. If we can just do as good a job on the pageant, we'll be in fine shape. Uh, first rehearsal, or is this going to be a dress rehearsal or, or uh, just uh, costume and... 
Yeah, okay. Um, it'll be this, uh, this Saturday morning, the 4th of December. This is a Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, okay. What, what time, Saturday? 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. 10 o'clock, okay. Yes, ma'am. Usually 10 o'clock means 10.30, but... Uh, this is... Well, hmm? At this time, 10 o'clock means 9.45. 9.45. <laughs> well, you're going on military time again. Look at you. Do we have any birthdays this week? None. Anniversaries? None. Well, praise the Lord anyway. As a matter of fact, let's uh, go ahead and, and uh, continue to praise Him by turning to number 597. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Celebrate Thanksgiving, of course. Jesus, we just want to thank you.
Brother Mitchell, will lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father in God, we are so blessed. We thank you so much, Lord, for all of the blessings that you've given us. This season of Thanksgiving, Lord, we could be busy for days, for months, for years, giving you thanks for every little detail of everything that we take for granted, every moment, every breath, every step we take, every time we reach down and pick something up. All of these things, we just expect that it will always be there. And sometimes we forget to thank you for them. So during this time of thanksgiving, Lord, we want to praise you, to thank you for all of your blessings. Lord, we ask you to bless this service this morning. May everything that's said and done bring glory and honor to your name. And may we receive the gift of your presence. We ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our communion hymn this morning is number 262. My Jesus, I love thee. You may be seated.
as our uh, meditation this morning. The meditation I chose this morning was stand firm and be strong, and also the importance of prayer. Paul writes to us in the book of Ephesians, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Don't surrender. Don't run away. Stand firm. Notice in the passage that Paul tells us to be strong in the Lord in your humility. You do not have the power to overcome angels, even fallen ones, like the devil and his legions. God himself is the only one capable of putting the devil in his place. Amen. He is the one who empowers you to achieve victory in your encounters with darkness because your victory rests in him. He is the one who will enable you to truly win this spiritual battle. Give yourself to prayer. In Todd Smith's book, Come Alive, Dry Bones, the question comes up about how the devil reacts to our prayers. The one concerning... Excuse me. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdoms, but trembles when we pray. With relatively little difficulty, the devil has succeeded in keeping us away from the one thing he fears the most, and that is a praying people. Why does the devil tremble when we pray? What causes him concern? I believe that when we pray and seek God's face, we are inviting him to interact in our world. Amen. We are inviting him to come and get aggressively engaged in our lives. Yes. Furthermore, we are inviting the kingdom of God to come with all of its power to the earth Amen. in the order to change the course of people's lives. Without a doubt, this is what makes the devil tremble. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your power and strength. We thank you that through your strength and sacrifices that we can be saved from our sins. That we know we can be victors in our lives. Help us have this power over Satan through your gift to us. For it's in the 
name of the Lord Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. Let's spend a few moments in meditation. Just talk to the Lord and listen to Him. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal, Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, He blessed it, giving thanks, passed it among them, saying, This is my blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from Turn to number 588. Come, ye thankful people, come. Raise the song of harvest home.
Brother Mitch? Oh, all may be seated but me. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> you need the exercise. Boy, you're not kidding. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? <clears throat> Let me ask you something. Did anybody besides me celebrate Thanksgiving this week? Did you eat a lot? Was it good? Was God good to you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, not too many uh, years ago, a couple of years, we would have been uh, celebrating with the Presbyterian Church today. But COVID has a way of changing things. Unfortunately, before we get into the message, there's a few things, of thoughts for the uh, thoughts for the soul that I wanted to share that fit with the uh, with the message this morning, which is just a Thanksgiving Day sermon. Um, and these uh, are some little um, stories that. Uh, I think will kind of uh, help us to understand the message a little better. William Carey, the father of modern missions, labored for seven years in India before baptizing his first convert. Mary Drury, in her biography of Carey, said, the number of actual conversions directly attributable to him is pathetically small. The number indirectly attributable to him must be legion. <laughs> America's first missionary, Adoniram Judson, labored for seven years in Burma before seeing his first convert. On May 16, 1819, Pomer II was baptized, the first convert on the island of Tahiti. After 22 years of tears and toil by missionaries, Mr. and Mrs. Henry Knott. One more. Missionary Alan Gardner traveled repeatedly to South America, trying to evangelize the islands of Patagonia and Tierra del Fuego. He eventually died of starvation without seeing a single soul Saved, But the South American Missionary Society he founded has been sending missionaries and serving, uh, saving souls for over 150 years. Today, in this message, we're going to talk about Romans 8.28 and Ephesians 5.20. Let me share those with you. Romans 8.28 says, and we know... That God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And let's read 29 with that. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, I failed to get the uh, Ephesians scripture here, but we'll talk about it as we get there. 
You know, if we had time to take a roving microphone around everybody and ask you, um, you know, what's your favorite verse of Scripture? Many of you would say John 3.16 or Psalm 23.1 or Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But some of you would cite Romans 8.28, a verse that has provided more comfort for God's people in times of disappointment and distress than perhaps any other. This is a promise we can never exhaust or wear out. Because of the truth of this verse, we can be thankful every day, regardless of the circumstances. So let's take a look at the context here a little bit. As wonderful as Romans 8.28 is, it's even more wonderful when you see it in its context. Romans chapter 8 tells us about the Holy Spirit, who takes the work of Christ and applies it to our lives. According to verse 26, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. What kind of weakness? We are weak in many ways, but in this passage, the Apostle Paul is specific about the particular weakness he is addressing, our prayer lives. Seems like we talked a little bit about that already, didn't we, Jim? We are weak when it comes to prayer. In what way? Well, we are weak in many ways. But here again, Paul has something specific in mind. We are weak in our ability to know what we should pray for. Many times, we really don't know what we should specifically pray for. We are not omniscient. Imagine that. We don't know everything, nor can we see into the future. So we don't know whether the things we're asking for will turn out for good or for bad. So here's a story to illustrate that point. I've probably shared it before, but it fits here and it's in this message. A Chinese gentleman lived on the border of China and Mongolia. Mongolia. In those, in those days, there was constant conflict and strife along the perimeter. The man had a beautiful horse. One day, she leaped over the corral, raced down the road, crossed the border, and was captured by the Mongolians. His friends came to comfort him. That's bad news, they said sadly. What makes you think it's bad news, asked the Chinese gentleman. Maybe it's good news. A few days later, the mare came bolting into his corral, bringing with it a massive stallion. His friends crowded around. That's good news, they cried. What makes you think it's good news, he asked. Maybe it's bad news. Later, his son, while riding the stallion and trying to break it, was thrown off and broke his leg. That's bad news, cried the friends. What makes you think it's bad news, asked the Chinese gentleman. Maybe it's good news. One week later, war broke out with Mongolia, and a Chinese general came through drafting all the young men. All later perished, except for the young man who couldn't go because his leg 
was broken. The man said to his friends, You see, the things you thought were bad turned out good, and the things you thought were good turned out bad. And thus it is with us. We don't know if the things we want will really be good for us or bad. We can't see the future. That's why James tells us to pray, saying, If it be thy will... But God does know the future. He is Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He knows the end from the beginning, and he knows how all things will turn out. Verse 26 says that the Holy Spirit prays for us according to the will of God with intensity, with groanings that words cannot express. And God answers the Holy Spirit's pleas on our behalf. The result is Romans 8.28. As the Holy Spirit prays for us, God answers his prayers. Therefore, all things turn out for our good in the unfolding providence of the Lord. Hudson Taylor once said, ill that God blesses is our good, and unblessed good is ill. And all is right that seems most wrong, if it be his sweet will. Here's an example. For several years, Frank Fortunato, staff member with Operation Mobilization, directed the ministries of the Logos Gospel Ship as it sailed into various ports around the world to present the gospel. While Frank was finishing a furlough in the States, the Logos was in the Mediterranean wanting to dock in Istanbul, but OM leaders didn't expect to be able to stay there for long. (laughs) Turkey is closed to the gospel, and the Logos crew expected the government to order them away as soon as it realized that Logos was a Christian endeavor. The workers aboard the Logos prayed that they might be able to stay at least 48 hours. As the ship entered the harbor, the pilot momentarily lost his bearings and collided with a barge. Oops. Nothing like that had ever happened before. The Logos wasn't hurt, but the barge sustained damage and several people were thrown into the ocean. They were rescued, but the Turkish police impounded the Logos until the authorities sorted out what had happened. Meanwhile, the missionaries were free to roam the city. (laughs) They offered to organize a citywide concert, and government officials permitted it. Meanwhile, Frank flew into Istanbul to rejoin the Logos. As he was being driven from the airport, he was astounded to see his name blaring from huge banners. He couldn't read the Turkish writing, but he could recognize his own name. (laughs) What do those banners say, he asked. His driver replied, it says that a Mr. Frank Fortunato is going to lead a citywide concert here the day after tomorrow. (laughs) Frank was flabbergasted, but he went to work. He deliberately selected a series of Christian songs and hymns that would take the audience through the gospel a step at a time. 
Each song explains some aspect of the gospel in logical sequence. And a large crowd was exposed to the words. To make a long story short, because of a dangerous collision at sea, the gospel of Christ was spread to one of the most closed nations on earth. Instead of being in Istanbul for two days as they had prayed, the missionary ship and its crew were there for two months using every possible means to plant the gospel. Isn't God good? All the time? Let me give you another example. When Ken Hansen was the president and CEO of Service Master International, he would sometimes visit friends and employees who were hospitalized. When recovery appeared to be long and difficult, Ken would take the patient's hand and say something like this. You know, I have had a number of serious operations. I know something of the pain and troubling thoughts you are having. There are two verses I want to give you. Genesis 42.36 and Romans 8.28. We have the option of these two attitudes. We need the perspective of the latter. Then he would read the two verses... In Genesis 42:36, the patriarch Jacob, upset over his children, said, All these things are against me. In Romans 8:28, Paul said that all these things work together for good. Every day we have to choose which of these verses we're going to live by. Are we going to focus on the problem? Are we going to focus on the solution? So, as this process unfolds, Romans 8.29 tells us that God is fashioning us into the likeness of his son. A sculptor once carved a magnificent lion out of a solid block of stone. When asked how he had accomplished such a marvelous masterpiece, he had a simple answer. That's easy, he said. All I did was to chip away everything that didn't look like a lion. (laughs) Through the pressures of life, the Lord chips away those things in our lives that don't look like Jesus Christ. Romans 8.28 thus really serves as the basis for biblical thanksgiving. Many people espouse the importance of positive thinking or possibility thinking. Much research has been done uh, on the power of optimism. But positive thinking and optimism are empty clouds unless you have an almighty God who controls the universe in his sovereignty and who is willing to make such a promise to his people. We do have such a God. And we do have such a promise. It provides a solid theological foundation for genuine, biblical, positive thinking. I don't know what pressures or problems you may be going through today, but none of them is beyond the reach of Romans 8.28. 
It is because of Romans 8.28 that we can have peace that passes all understanding. It is because of Romans 8.28 that we can cast our burdens on the Lord. It is because of the all things of Romans 8.28 that we can obey the all things of Ephesians 5.20, which says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of Of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know we have much to be thankful for. But above all. We must be thankful for Jesus. You know. I remember one time. While I was still in the Navy. No it wasn't really a Christian then. I thought I was, but I wasn't really. And there was a Catholic family that they would take a bunch of us sailors in. The man, he worked at the yard as a civil servant. But they would bring us all in, anybody who wanted to, and and feed us and let us sit around and just have family time with this family. Good people. They had a daughter. They called her Ralphie. I think her name was Ralphietta. She was young. And, uh, you know, she was always, she was so filled with God. And she was always talking to us about, well, if you do what Jesus wants, you won't have that problem. (laughs) And I remember one year, They had us all over for Thanksgiving. Anybody who wanted to. As many as wanted to. Uh, There wasn't too many of us that were takers. But for those of us who came, it was a very good time. And it was. It was like being with our family. And I'll never forget what the man said as the head of the table. And giving a blessing for the food. And speaking to us. And to his family. He said we may not have all that we want. But we have all that we need. Because God has given it. May that be enough. In Jesus name. (laughs) So. I know that the actual holiday of Thanksgiving is over. But the idea of Thanksgiving is every day, nonstop. You know, we're told in the Revelation that there are angels and people in heaven, creatures in heaven, that never stop praising God, always giving thanks. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. That's an example for us to follow. We're told that when we get to heaven, we're going to constantly be praising God. We should be practicing now. So how are you doing? You know the part about prayer, Jim talking about this morning, the devil fears a praying person because a praying person is a powerful person. But a non-praying Christian is a powerless Christian. And he laughs at us. 
Think of it this way. You know, there's many important people in the world who have bodyguards. They don't go anywhere without their bodyguard. They have instructions that they give their bodyguards, and their bodyguards also give them instructions. Well, we have a soul guard, the Holy Spirit. We should never try to go anywhere without him. We should get instructions from him. You get the point? If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Jesus is tenderly calling you home, calling today. Number 375. Let's stand and sing, please. Jesus is tenderly calling you home, calling to me, calling to me. Why from the sunshine of the wind and water, water and water and water, calling to me, calling to me. 
You may be seated. Do you have anything else, Brother Mitch? Uh, no, no, no Bible study. <clears throat> no. And uh, let's take a look at the prayer list.